As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Oh my gosh, I forgot we were recording, but I do these dances all the time. You do too. Little robot, a little uh, raise the roof action. Raise the roof. Hey, it's <laughs> us. It's two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hello. And I'm Sabrina. Interesting. Now that we're staring at ourselves. If you're a patron, Patreon donor, if you're a patron on our Patreon, <laughs> you will see one or two of these stories in video form sometime soon. We've decided to start yep. recording ourselves and staring you at ourselves. You can uh, see our faces. Hello. Here we are. Hello. It's weird to do video. I know. It feels uncomfortable because we're so in the groove of of like, I mean, I guess we see each other, but it's not so clear the record. Like I'm not used right. to my little bubble being so big. It just feels strange. It feels like someone's watching us, even though we're, we do this the same way every single I week. Know. <laughs> and people are watching, but not right now. Just That's only true. If, we po- if, if we're in control of posting, <laughs> we're choosing to do this. All right. Well, I to get over the weirdness... Fun. Let's just, uh, let's get into it. This is our encounters episode. This is the episode where we read the spooky, haunted, crazy, terror jerker of a story that you all sent to us in our inbox. And we decided this week to do a theme again. Yes, we did. We're doing haunted dolls and haunted toys (laughs) and all the things that freak us out the most. So good. So good. Do you want to go first? Yes, I okay. do. I have, <laughs> I have one that I, I literally was screaming as I read it. Oh my gosh. Out loud. Okay. This is from Mariah and it's called Your Podcast is Cursed? Oh no. Question mark. Well, we do know that. Yes. Hey ladies. Hope you guys are doing okay in this insanity. You two are fabulous. And again, I feel like we are connected in some way, shape or form spiritually just by your mannerisms and thoughts and processing of everything you talk about. But I suppose we're all connected in the big scheme of things. Wow, that got real deep. I've sent a couple emails, but listening to Encounters 83 made me realize that I should update you ladies on something. (gasps) One of your much earlier episodes, I think it was 45 or something, you had an email from an Etsy shop owner that sells haunted dolls. (gasps) Because of you girls, I bought slash adopted two of them. Oh. Oh my gosh. Their names are Tempest and Ethy. 
I've had them for a while now and they seem happy. Nothing extraordinary has happened, but I'm able to communicate with them pretty easily when I want to. And Ethy loves giving me incredibly vivid and theatrical dreams. I knew before I got her that she was a dream weaver. I remember in the episode that the owner of the shop wrote to you that the spirits enjoyed listening to TGOG. And I can back that up. Oh my gosh. I often listen to you guys while I'm working on art at my desk. Well, I exited out of Spotify and all my other programs, and I left the room to watch some TV. I hear talking after a while. Really familiar talking. Oh my gosh. I'm so sucked into my show that I just chalk it up to my roommate vid chatting or playing video games in her room. Eventually, I heard one of you laugh, and I was like, that seriously sounded like Corinne. I got up and I went into my room and Spotify was up with Two Girls, One Ghost playing for like the last two episodes and the mouse on the screen was contently sitting on the play button. Oh, I know when I know what you two are thinking. Why would someone willingly become haunted? (laughs) (laughs) But these two spirits are very positive and light bringing beings. Something drew me to them when I heard about the shop on your podcast. A few fun things because I'm sure you're curious. They love my cats, but the cats were very unsure about them at first. Oh my gosh. I was told in a dream that the cats thought that they were too fast and didn't want to play with them. My cats can be dicks, so I'm not surprised. But I love them (laughs) to death, though, so don't worry. I feel a very protective energy from Tempest, but she communicates mostly through intuition. Sometimes I have a random thought, especially when I'm depressed or in a funk, and that seemed to be coming out of nowhere and not from myself. Ethy's a bit more mischievous and curious, though I've yet to experience too much of that from her. Like I said, she mostly communicates in dreams, and when I wake up, I know it was her. She kind of walks through them with me, and if I get this frightening or stressful feeling, she's right there to talk me through it. I think she's moved things to play with me sometimes in the real world, but it's hard to know when I do have cats that I live with, too. I've laid down some rules for everyone to follow, and we're a weird, happy family. If more happens, I'll let you know. We're moving back to my parents soon, and I'm curious to see how everyone responds to a larger group of people and pets. See you on the other side, Mariah. I need to see pictures of these dolls. The dolls listen to our podcast. (laughs) I'm shook. (laughs) This is insane, right? This is so crazy. That's where all of our listens are coming from. Yeah. It's just Please a bunch have of dolls. all of your ghosts subscribe, rate and review on iTunes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. I know. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Tempest and Effie. I know. I love it too. It makes me curious about like, you know, that was one time that Mariah caught it happening, yeah. but I, I do wonder if, if maybe they know their way around a computer pretty well and have listened to either our <laughs> podcast more frequently or other people's. Right. You have to do a search history on your browser when you're not like when yeah. you come home from work or whenever, wherever you go to see what the dolls have been up to. Yeah. You might Whoa. be missing some episodes because you're like, oh, I'm just going to pick up where I left off, but you're not where you left off. You're where Tempest and Effie left off. Yeah. <laughs> so insane. So cool. Oh my so gosh. Cool. Also, for those of you who are wondering, the, the Etsy shop is called Aeonian Spirits and... They sell haunted dolls, but it's all like good spirits that are very mm-hmm. monitored and they kind of spend a lot of time with these dolls and these spirits before they sell them and make sure they go to the right home. Right. They have these whole profiles built out so that yeah. you're not just, it's not just like haunted doll and you click good purchase, luck. you know everything. Yeah. Not everything, but you know a lot you know about a lot. the spirits attached. I love the way that they communicate with her, especially how Effie communicates with her through her dreams. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's amazing. And walks alongside her. I think that's what's special too, because, you know, when you're thinking about dreams, like sometimes you'll come, you'll come up to someone or come across someone Mm -hmm. and be like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a spirit. That's someone I know that was a message. But I feel like I'd never really thought about in dreams how most of the time you're alone. Like you're you're the one just going about life. You don't have a pack of people or your friends right. by your side. You're like walking through your dream alone and experiencing all these things. So the fact that Ethie's just there and then when the dream turns stressful, she's like, it's totally okay. I'll walk Let's you through talk it. about it. Let's oh my unpack gosh. this. <laughs> okay, Mariah, you have to send us pictures of these dolls and then... I want to know also their bios from Aeonian mm. Spirits because they always mm-hmm. come with like the long bios. I want to know more. I want to know everything. So cool. I know. Okay. I'm going to read a story from Emmy and it's called My Haunted Doll. I just wanted to start out by saying I just started listening to your podcast and I absolutely love it. I've had a love for ghost stories and horror movies ever since I was younger and I actually think it's because of the story I'm about to tell you. My sister had this doll... That was porcelain that she had gotten when she was a lot younger. And she named the doll Sarah. But she had no idea what that name meant to our house. Because a little later on in my life, when I was seven or eight, I guess, my parents told us the story about a girl named Sarah who fell down the steps and snapped her neck when she was young, about 11 years old, in our house. I didn't think anything of it, but then things started happening in my sister's room. One day, things started flying across her room. I kid you not, little things like that happened over the course of a few years, and then one day my sister's friend came over and she was telling them the story of Sarah, and the doll's head started spinning in circles. The doll, of course being porcelain, could not actually do that. Those are only two of the things that happened. The third being I have actually walked into my sister's room while she was humming and combing the doll's hair, and I tried to talk to her, but it seemed like she was totally out of it like in a trance. I have also been woken up in the middle of the night by her yelling at me because apparently she thought I was running up and down the stairs. But the final thing that really pushed us over the edge was a dream that she had. She had a dream of a little girl that was looking under her bed. The girl heard something and ran down the steps. My sister's room used to be the master bedroom and mine used to be the nursery slash children's room until I was born and we added on another master. Our assumption was that Sarah was snooping in her parents' room got startled and ran down the steps, slipped and died. We were actually getting really scared. And so I looked up things called devil traps and ghost traps from a TV show called Supernatural. We really didn't know what else to do. So I drew them and placed them under the doll and it hasn't done anything since. So I guess it worked. At first, I didn't really believe in ghosts or anything, but to prove the story was true, the old owner's dog after Sarah's family and before mine would skip the last two steps where the body was found. I hope you enjoyed my story. You are more than welcome to share. I love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Sincerely, Emmy. Okay, that last part really got me because the dog skipping the last two steps. Yeah. To me, it wouldn't be about like bad vibes. To me, I'm thinking that that little girl's spirit is still just like lying there. Lying there. Like she just sees her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so the dog's just jumping over her. I also, what if like the little girl is just sitting there trying to wait for someone to protect them to from falling down the steps and the little girl like lifts the dog up and brings him down? Because imagining <laughs> a dog like jumping over two steps, I don't know, maybe it's a big dog, but that seems like a big jump. I think, I think dogs can do it. Really? I think they can, but I like okay. the, I like the idea that she's just like there to lift them. I can hardly walk two steps by myself. <laughs> think about Leia. She'll jump like 
six feet in the air to get onto. Yes, but that's a cat. Cats are jumpers. I know, but okay. It doesn't matter. (laughs) It very much could be the case. No, let's keep talking about the logistics of how a dog could jump over two steps. (laughs) But wow, that's crazy. It's, I am curious about this little girl and what happened to her exactly. I know, that's so sad. And I wonder if she has anything to do. I mean, it sounds like it's a different spirit in the doll. Or it could be her, but she's just trying to communicate through the doll. And like, yes, those movements, like the head spinning around like crazy is terrifying. But Mm -hmm. is that just how her energy is showing? Right. Yeah. And then when when Emmy's sister was in a trance, it makes me wonder. At first, I was thinking like, oh, perhaps the spirit from the doll took over her sister and was Mm -hmm. like taking care of its own like vessel vessel (gasps) but now that there's this little girl in the mix and like little girls love dolls it makes me think that maybe the little girl like took over kind of the same sort of Mm. thing so that she could physically play with the doll and have that experience of being able to manipulate it in a way that felt human and familiar to her that maybe she wasn't able to do in a spirit body oh that's so interesting Mm. whoa well i hope that nothing bad happens it sounds like it's spooky, but nothing serious in terms of like real danger possession is right uh, encroaching. So I think we're we're in the clear. We're in the. I say we because we. we're all in this together. You and me with all of our haunted dolls that we'll never get. No, no thanks. Mm-hmm. But we're it's just, just like so hearing fascinating. About everybody else's. It's just so yeah. Oh my god, I love hearing about this. Um, but it's just so fascinating how dolls. I'm going to get it. They're like human shapes and forms. So it makes sense that like a spirit would attach to it. But like crazy how many stories there are. Mm-hmm. Not just a one time thing. It is really creepy. And even just haunted artifacts, if we just go take a step back and, and not mm-hmm. specify like toys or dolls, it just makes you think that, you know, if the number of dolls is this high, how much greater it's just like a lamp or a, a special pen or a pillow or a couch or a dresser. My water bottle. Your water bottle. Don't be haunted. It very much could Don't be. Don't be haunted. <laughs> be good. I don't get the haunted vibes from your water bottles. So I think we're I think we're good. She's got a good energy if she She's is haunted. Delightful. She hydrates me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. You notice how I'm, I'm using our mug? <gasps> wow. Or see you on the other side. You're so or on sorry. brand. Do something, say something mug. So on brand. So on brand. Well, I only have a few mugs to choose from. It's either ours or Harry Styles. So 
Oh, I do want to see your Harry Styles one. You'll have to show that to me next time. I will. My brother got it for me for Christmas. It's awesome. It's a great gift. Yeah. Okay. Let me pick one. Okay. Computer's slow to load, but this is from Nicole, and this is called A Stubborn Kid, a 90s Cow, and a Civil War Ghost Walk Into a Bar. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed already. <laughs> I I'm in. Hi, ladies. My name is Nicole. I'm a longtime spooky fan, but a podcast newbie. I just recently found Two Girls, One Ghost about a month ago, and I'm totally hooked. I was listening the other day, and your episode about haunted dolls slash toys came up, episode 14. Like I said, I'm new here, and I just knew I needed to share my story. So to start off with a teensy bit of background, I'm a very empathetic person, especially towards animals. For example, I threw a fit in the grocery store when my dad was teaching me how to read and I learned the word lamb could also apply to meat. Then I became stubbornly vegetarian at 12, so my mom had to come up with a regular dinner, a special dinner, every night just for me. So basically, I'm just a pain in the ass, lol. Anywho, because of this... Strong personality trait when it came to buying toys, I always wanted the broken one on the shelf. Oh. I was convinced that nobody was going to love the stuffed animal with the one eye or the one with jacked up robotics as much as I would. That's so cute. This leads to my cow story. In the late 90s, when all of the stuffed animals had animatronics inside so that they would play a song or walk around, my parents took me to the toy store. I chose a cow that walked and played Old McDonald at a farm. Now, this was the only song that it was programmed to play, supposedly. Oh, no. Now, being my concerned six-year-old self, I just had to choose the one where the back leg was stuck, so it just limply and creepily dragged across the floor <laughs> behind the other legs. Oh. My parents lightly suggested that maybe I choose a working cow, but clearly I was having none of that. So we bring my janky cow home and it limps along and plays old McDonald's for a few months when you push the button on its foot. Until one day when you didn't need to push the button anymore. It slowly begins playing the song all on its own from across the room. And then it starts playing the battle hymn of the Republic all on its own. (gasps) If you're unfamiliar with the song, it's a religious patriotic song written in 1862 linked to the Civil War. I'll attach a wiki page and a YouTube link if you're interested. Oh my gosh. Needless to say, my mom put her foot down. She chucked that haunted cow right into the garbage can. And we haven't had any similar haunting since, as as far as I know. And my family doesn't have any relation to the Civil War. But who knows? Perhaps a very long distance Civil War era relative was trying to contact us through a creepy cow. Or it was a demon. LOL. (laughs) Either way, my mom quickly put a stop to that. But they still love telling that story and laughing at me for always picking out the weird toys. Thank you for reading. Love the podcast. And thanks for creating a fun, spooky girl community. Always be wary of your creepy robot cows. And see you on the other side, Nicole. I'm shook. I want to click. Okay, I'm going to click on the YouTube video because I just want to hear it. Yeah. I want to hear the song for a second. Should we play it for a second? Do you want to take your headphones out so we can play it for everyone? I mean, there's probably going to be an ad. Hold on. Oh, okay. Hope this works. This is weird to come out of a cow. Whoa. That's very interesting. Also, how the heck did they identify that song? Yeah, that's a good question. Do they just know that song? I don't think we had Shazam back then. No. Whoa. That's That's super strange. Super strange. Extremely different than Old MacDonald Had a Farm. Yeah. Like, I was trying to think, like, maybe they played other songs, but there's... I just can't in any world fathom how those two songs would be songs that that robotic cow would play. Yeah, right, because they don't go together. No. There's like no, they they don't even have like a similar vibe. Not at all. 
That's very creepy. Ugh, and you know what it makes me think too? It makes me think that the toy was like possessed by the spirit and was trying to move on its own. And that's what like maybe was trying to go against the programming and the leg broke because of oh my the force of the spirit <gasps> trying to counteract the movement that it was programmed to make. Oh, I did not think of it that way. And that is really creepy. That That's why it had a broken leg. I'm also imagining just like in the like in the warehouse where these are manufactured there are just like tons of ghosts because maybe it was like used for something else during mm-hmm. war time or like the land was something else during the civil war and so there's this like spirit that just saw this cow and warped into it i don't know it's all a little bit creepy i wonder yeah i hope it's not like a. I don't know because i feel like it's we're so easy especially because how scary it is it's so easy to jump to demon and it very well could be but it's very possible that it was just, you know, a ghost looking to sing its song. Yeah, that's true. You know, like the cow, maybe the cow in the store was just a regular broken cow. And then maybe in the home, like you're saying, like the land around or something, there was the spirit that was like, oh my gosh, a jukebox. Like I can play whatever <laughs> I want to play. And then just used it to play their own their own song. Their own song. And it was supposed to be really harmless. It just came out. It's just terrifying. So it rightfully so went into the trash. Yep. Yep. And now it's limping around landfills playing (laughs) whatever song it feels. Could you imagine just like in the middle of just like a mass pile of trash? There's just like a warped. I imagine it would be very creepy to work in a landfill where you have to walk around amongst trash that's been there for like a really long time and to hear any noise because whether it could be it could be an animal or it could be a person. Oh, someone tried to dispose of a body and they weren't. I think dead. honestly that I've always been like, oh, wouldn't it be interesting to come across a dead body? I, I take no, it all, of, all of those thoughts back because I think walking through a heap of trash and finding some sort of evidence of a crime would be terrifying. All right. I have a story from Tatiana and... It's called Hatman Hangs Life-Size Barbie? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Hello, girls. My name is Tatiana, and I'm from Arkansas. I've been listening to your podcast for over a year now. Shout out to my friend Lori for introducing me to the pyramid scheme. Yes, Lori. Thank you. Level up, Lori. (laughs) Level up. (laughs) You win a car. You get a blue car. You get a pink car. (laughs) You get a black car. You get a ghost car. (laughs) It's invisible. Okay. I've always felt like I've had a connection to the spirit world. I've experienced everything from seeing shadows to having prophetic dreams. And fun fact, my family's folklore always includes how my ancestor was burnt at the stake for being a witch in what is now Ukraine a long time ago before my family immigrated to the United States during World War II. Whoa. My Baba, what I call my grandmother because we are Ukrainian, has always filled me with stories of ghosts that she has encountered and shared her dreams of how loved ones would always come to visit her after they passed. My mother also has these gifts as well, albeit not as strong as my Baba. Anyway, let me get to the story. This is going to be long and spoopy, so buckle up. The house I grew up in was an older house built in the 30s or 40s. It was a one-story brick house with green shutters and a garden in front. This was the house that my parents decided to start their family in. Oh, and I almost forgot to mention that someone had hanged themselves in my parents' closet long before we moved in. Let me explain the layout of the house, or the relevant parts. The living room was a huge square with a grand brick fireplace that was separated from the bedrooms by swinging double doors 
followed by a long hallway. Okay. That sounds like my living room that I'm (laughs) sitting in right now. Um, The first room on the right was the bathroom. The bathroom was separated into two parts by a door. The sink and counters in the first part with the toilet and the tub in the other. The next room on the left was where my two brothers slept and all the way at the end of the hall was my bedroom and my parents' bedroom right across from each other. We lived in this house until I was 10. So I was pretty young when all this stuff stuff happened. I can't remember a time living in that house when I didn't have strange experiences and I wasn't the only one. My mom's room was probably the worst, more specifically her bathroom. The main part of her room wasn't so bad, but once you walked into her bathroom, it was a whole different story. Her bathroom was separated into three parts, similar to the hallway bathroom, but with a closet attached to where the sinks and counters were, kind of in a T-shape. As soon as you would step into the first part of the bathroom, you would get a real heavy and uneasy feeling. The feeling would get worse the farther in you would go, but the closet part was the worst. It filled filled you with dread, sadness, and overall just very uncomfortable feeling. I remember one day my brothers and I were playing hide and seek and I decided to hide in the closet because I knew they would never go in there. It was a big, long walk-in closet with built-in cabinets. So I crawled up to the third cabinet and hid behind my mom's purses. Instantly, the feeling creeps in. Anxiety, dread, and fear. So much fear. All of a sudden, it felt like a gust of cold air flew through the closet and I got chills. I heard the door creak open and I could see the light from the bathroom creep into the dark closet. I closed my eyes as hard as I could and sunk into the cabinet to keep myself hidden. I knew this was not one of my brothers. The room fell silent and I could no longer hear the air conditioning or the TV from the other room. I peeked over the bag I was hiding behind and there in the doorway that had been closed behind me when I came in was a tall, skinny, Black figure with a top hat that reminded me of Abraham Lincoln's. I was paralyzed with fear. The figure stood there for like what felt like forever. After some time passed, the shadow began to slowly make its way down the walk-in closet, coming closer to me. And as it did, I could see that it had glowing red dots where there should have been eyes. Once he reached where I was hiding in the closet, he stopped and I was terrified Tears started to fill my eyes as the room seemed to get even colder and the figure stood eerily in front of me. I remember praying so hard that it wouldn't notice me repeating over and over in my head when I'm afraid I will trust in thee. After what felt like hours, the figure continued to slowly walk down to the end of the closet where he stood for just a second longer, turned around and looked right into my soul and then vanished like a puff of black smoke. But this was not the only time the hat man made his presence known. I would be lying in bed at night and on multiple occasions, I would hear a loud old timey piano music playing and what sounded like conversations coming from the living room, like someone was having a party. I would eventually get the courage to get out of bed and see what was happening. I would peek out my door down the long hallway and I could see the light coming from between the cracks of the double doors. I always hoped it would be my parents, but deep down, I knew it wasn't. I would tiptoe down the hallway until I would approach the doors, the sound getting louder with every step. And once I would get there, I would still be able to see the light shining through the cracks of the doors and the sound of music, conversation, and the laughter got so loud it was almost deafening. However, as soon as I would push the doors open, everything would stop. The music, the lights, the conversation, the laughter, everything. It was just a dark, silent, cold room, completely empty and still. 
I would run back down the hallway as fast as I could with tears in my eyes to my parents' room, hoping the door wasn't locked. In the event it was, I would turn and go to my room, hop into bed, pull the covers over my head, and the music would start again. One night, though, things were different. Instead of everything vanishing once, I pushed the doors open. There, in my dark living room, sat the hat man. He was so black you could clearly see him in the dark room. His back turned to me, playing a shadowed grand piano that we definitely don't have. I let out a gasp and he stopped playing. I could see that he was going to turn around to look at me, but I was not sticking around to meet those glowing red eyes. I noped the fuck out of there and ran to my parents' room, and thankfully the door wasn't locked that time. On another occasion, my older brother was in charge of watching my younger brother and I while my parents were both at work during the summertime. We spent all day playing outside with other kids in the neighborhood. It was getting late, and once the streetlights came on, we headed back home. When we got there, the door was wide open, and every light in and out of the house was turned on. I know we definitely turned them off and locked the door before we left because my mom would have ripped us a new one if we didn't. My younger brother started crying while I started panicking, thinking someone had broken into our house. My older brother, being the little punk that he was, acted like he wasn't scared and said, I'm going to go check things out and make sure no one's in there. Y'all stay here. But I screamed at him, my five-year-old self, but what if there's a murderer? He said, then I will beat his ass. He started to walk into the house and my brother and I followed because I was not going to get caught alone outside if the murderer decided they were going to bolt out of the front door and kill us on his way out. We walked through the dining room and into the kitchen and there was no noise at all. He grabbed a knife from the counter and we began to search the rest of the house. We searched the laundry room and the living room and found nothing. Next up was the back half of the house where the bedrooms were. We walked into the hallway and noticed immediately that only one door was shut, the bathroom. We creaked the door open and noticed the lights were off. My older brother turned on the light and nothing. He checked the cabinets and nothing. We then noticed that the door where the tub was had also been shut. If anyone is in there, you better come out right now, my brother yelled, trying to sound grown up. I'm not kidding, I'm armed, he continued, but nothing happened. Okay then, suit yourself. One... Two, he continued, his voice trembling. Three, he yelled again, but nothing happened. Suddenly, the room got colder, and that feeling that hat man brings flooded the room. We all looked at each other, scared. Open the door, my little brother said as a smile creeped across his face. I remember this so well because of how unnatural it looked on his tiny three-year-old face. My older brother reached for the doorknob and swung the door open so hard it hit the back of all and slung back around. He pushed the door back so we could see inside, and to our horror, we saw something that still induces nightmares for me to this day. All three of us peered into the room, and at first it seemed normal, but I reached to turn the light on and we noticed a shadow coming from behind the shower curtain. My older brother grabbed the shower curtain with one hand and clenched the knife in the other, and he pulled it back. There, behind the curtain, was my life-size Barbie doll, hanged from the shower head by a noose wrapped around her neck. All three of us screamed bloody murder and ran out of the house. We sat on the front porch with our dog until our parents got home. And my mom got home first. And as soon as she pulled into the driveway, we swarmed her car, all three of us talking at once. My mom went inside to do a walkthrough. And when she came back out, she told us that there was nothing there and that we must have imagined it. When we assured her it was absolutely there, she blamed my older preteen brother. But my brother had been with us the whole day. He hadn't left our side. When we ran back to the bathroom, sure enough, there was nothing there. The Barbie was gone. 
Everything was back to normal. We looked for my Barbie, but she was nowhere to be found. Until later that night, when I walked into my room to get ready to go to sleep, I saw the Barbie sitting upright on my bed, and it hadn't been there earlier in the day when we were looking for it. Needless to say, I slept with my brothers that night. I have a lot of other stories, but I'll leave it here for now since this email is longer than I expected, says everyone that writes in. Thank you girls so much for all that you do. Stay spooky and see you on the other side. Tatiana. Okay. What the hell? <laughs> I feel like the hat man experiences are scary enough on their own. Just the, I know. the lurking presence and all of the energy that comes with hat man. But then you have to bring a life-size Barbie doll into the mix. The most terrifying of all dolls. Yeah. And it's so threatening the way that it was hanged in the shower. And then, yeah, I mean, even if this is like, oh, I have chills because part of me is like, okay, well, maybe there was an intruder who did that. And it's, which is terrifying. And if it is, that's awful and horrifying. And I'm so glad that none of them were harmed. But if it is like a paranormal thing, how, I mean, either way, it's so threatening to be, to, for them all to see it in that way. And then for her to go to bed later that night after like searching the whole house for that Barbie doll and it's on her bed sitting upright. That's what's so freaky because I, I mean, I'm only speaking for myself here, but I think as a kid, if I had seen my Barbie hanging in the shower, I would have <laughs> thought that someone or something else put it there. I wouldn't have thought Barbie walked herself there and did something. Right. I would have thought, you know, like, oh my God, there's a ghost touching my Barbie. But then the fact that she was sleeping and the Barbie was sitting upright on her bed Makes it feel like Barbie walked herself and (laughs) is doing things. Or the hat man is manipulating the the Barbie doll. Like it it might not be possessing it, but (sighs) it's moving it around for sure. And the way that the hat man, like, I don't know, the way that her little brother was like, open the door is so creepy too. Because it's like, whatever that entity was kind of made him say that. So creepy. (sighs) I mean, and so many people have said hat man are familiar. Familiar. Familial? Familial. I was like, (laughs) I'm not saying this right. Familial hauntings. Yeah. So, I mean, all of her family members or her her siblings seem to have experienced this. So it makes me curious about, you know, their history, Mm -hmm. their parents, and the potential for Batman to continue on. Right. Appearing throughout their lives and the lives of potentially their children. But it's also... Paired with the history of the house and the, the, you know, the trauma and tragedy mm-hmm. of the previous owner, it makes me wonder, did this entity torture that man before, you know, or it, like, is he attached to just that house or is it related to the spirit of the man who had died by suicide in the home? Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, there's so much going on there. I know. Cause you it's know? all, it, there is so much going on there and like the music and him like playing a piano. I just imagine him like turn around and being like sultry smoking a cigarette but <laughs> they barbie yeah. sitting on his lap <laughs> <laughs> barbie laying on the top of the piano with her chin in her hand yeah <laughs> it's so there's strange sight. oh god i don't know it's one of those things where yeah there's like so much going on in one story that you can't quite make it maybe even make an educated guess as to what's happening and who's doing what yeah there's so many different possibilities i would be curious to know more history in the house because how old is it? What about all the other people who've lived there? You know, there's mm-hmm. so many elements. Let me just turn this light off. I have my lettuce. I just realized it was so bright, burning my eyes. Do you want to see? 
Yeah, I do want to see your little lettuce. I'm growing lettuce out my window. Oh my gosh. Just two more months and I can have one salad. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. Worth it. What do you have next? Okay. This is from Tess. It's called My Ceiling Doll Moves a Bit Oddly. Oh. Oh, what? Hi, I'm Tess and I'm absolutely obsessed with your podcast. I've listened to all of your episodes and I think it's time to send in a recent encounter of mine. So to start off, my grandma passed away last year in November and my mom and I were asked to sort out her things. While going through her things, I came upon this purple fairy doll that was made by my grandma. This brought me back to a lot of my childhood memories because I used to have a pink one when I was younger. It didn't take much thought. I knew that I was going to keep it, even though I'm 18 years old. LOL. (laughs) The doll has a string on her back so that she could be hung from a ceiling. And I hung her behind my door, named her Marie after my grandma, and then I forgot about her. It wasn't until recently that I started sleeping in my own room again, before I slept in the living room on the couch with the TV on because I saw shadows in my closet. (laughs) And then I started seeing Marie do creepy things. She would spin around wildly when there wasn't even any wind in my room, or she would be completely still, but sitting in my direction when I sat on the bed. A few weeks ago, I wasn't feeling very well. I sat on my bed waiting for a relapse, and I kept feeling watched. I noticed that Marie was completely still, sitting in my direction. I got up, why, I don't know, to sit right in front of Marie and looked back at her. Something whispered, you want me to do it? (gasps) And it took a few moments to realize that I was the one saying those words. That was even very dark for me, so I ran out. A few days after, I became negative from all the things in school and studying, and I was too tired of being scared. When she was still sitting in my direction, I would ask her what she was looking at, and she would start turning around to face the wall. When she spinned too fast, even if the fan was off, I would tell her to slow down, and she would slow down. Last week, my mom sat on my bed while I was supposed to be studying. We were having a conversation, and right in the middle, I felt the need to turn around. And there Marie was, watching me, Mm. dead still, while the ceiling fan was on medium speed. I said loudly, Look, she's watching me. My mom seemed confused, but realized that I was looking at Marie. And just as my mom turned to look at Marie, Marie started to turn around slowly. She had been dead still a second ago. My mom demanded an explanation, so I told her about how wrongly Marie had been moving. My mom was creeped out and wanted to go throw Marie away. But then I realized that my grandma made Marie, so I couldn't just give Marie up. So I refused. And ever since then, Marie has moved normally. She's never still anymore. She's always facing the corner. I don't know why, almost as if she's trying to stay out of my business, but I kind of feel sorry for her. (laughs) I was just keeping her because ever since she moved in, the shadows in my closet have kept away. Oh. I have so many other stories that I'll send later of my hat man and shadow people encounters and the times that I've randomly predicted the future and it came true. Honestly, I almost always see things. My therapist said that it's just hallucinations because of my trauma and artistic brain, but honestly... How have I seen things that I've never even heard of? But for now, I'll just get back to studying for exams because you know in South Africa, we don't have Halloween, but we do have exams. Oh, no. So I'll catch you ghouls on the other side. Tess. Uh, Exams are way scarier than Halloween. I know. Halloween is fun. Exams are not. Um, Marie is very confusing. Marie is confusing because it seems seems creepy, right? Like the movement of, you know, like she's just supposed to be hanging there on the back of like the hulk or whatever for Mm -hmm. strings so like naturally she'd probably turn a little bit 
like you, you wouldn't I'm assuming she's got like arms and legs and you can kind of like put her in a position that she'll mostly stay unless you're opening right. and closing the door or the fan is on. So for her to like just be suspended in air and be able to like turn and then just be staring at Tess and or then like Tess actively sit- choose to suddenly spin out like crazy. Yeah. It's disturbing. It's super disturbing. And to make Tess say, you want me to do it? I'll do it. Like, it's just like a weird... I don't, and then the fact that it also keeps the other shadow, closet shadows at bay. I'm just, it's a, it's, she's, yeah. she's not, it's confusing. She's hard to it's, read. It's back and forth. Yeah. She's doing things. Marie's doing things that are unsettling. And the fact that Tess walked up and said, you want me to do it. And there was some sort of like, I can't think of the word, but like she was somehow like provoked or like yeah. entranced in a way that she had to go do that. That seems very dark. But then the fact that the spirits are gone and that as soon as Tess made it very clear that she was very spooked out by the movement of the doll, the doll stopped. And it was made by her grandma. So part of me was like, oh, maybe it was her grandma. But the other things are like very – that wouldn't make sense for a relative to, I guess, do those certain things that seem so dark. It kind of reminds me of like a dream catcher in a way, but then like – the spirit, if there's a spirit attached to it, it's a little bit malevolent. Like, it's just, like, playful in a way that it's not exactly protective, but it is, mm-hmm. but it's not bad. And then also the fact that when Tessa's mom threatened to throw it away, it kind of was just like, I'm going to behave now. I'm going to be good. It, You know, scared by that prospect. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You, you confusing, Marie. I don't know. I mean, now that Marie is not doing anything and she's just chilling there and she's keeping the shadows away, I say, fine, keep her. (laughs) Do your thing. As soon as it starts getting crazy again. Yeah. You don't need to keep her. I don't think so. I think, you know, you probably have plenty of other things that and memories of your grandmother. Yeah. And memories of your original doll that your grandma gave you, the pink one. You don't need this purple one. Your grandma would understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, put her in the closet. She doesn't need to be out in your room. Right. She can protect you against the shadows by being living in the same space as the shadows and really scaring them. Okay. I have a story from Meredith and she says, hello ladies. I just listened to a Ouija board story and I thought I'd share my weird experiences with you. I should preface this by saying I've always been sensitive to energies around me. And when church started to treat me badly, I left and became a Wiccan at the age of 12. Ouija boards have been a running theme in my life since my parents and I moved to yet another creepy house when I was about five, I swear my parents can't live in a normal house because the first two were haunted AF as well. It's the summer before I turned six and my mom called me to the bedroom to play with this board game. I walked in and she's sitting on the edge of the bed with her back to me and I sit beside her and she tells me about the game. I couldn't read yet, so I don't know why I was there, but I knew that I didn't want to play. She physically tried to force me to play by putting her hands over mine and onto the planchette. I wouldn't. I screamed and fought to get away because the house was creepy enough and I didn't want to talk to anything that was around. I got away and I promised I'd never use a board myself. But never say never, as the saying goes, because when I was having a sleepover with my cousin and some friends, the board showed up and everyone else wanted to play. Peer pressure is real, folks. My cousin and I made contact with someone or something that called itself T-O-Y, toy. Is this a toy, I asked? It moved to no. My cousin asked, are you a toy? It said, yes. We all asked silly teenage questions about what boys liked us. Would anyone be famous? And just blattered on until one of my friends asked if her dad would be okay. 
He was a Vietnam vet whose lungs were damaged during the war. And it got dark. The board said he was going to die, but they wouldn't see it coming. After that, it was all non-answers and really creepy stuff. So we said goodbye and it said it would see us soon. And it didn't want to close out. My friend's dad got a lung transplant about a year later and even lived several years after, but died of lung failure almost overnight. The doctors were all baffled. I never got nightmares about horror movies or anything like that, but myself and two out of the other three friends and my cousin, who were all there playing with the Ouija board, had our first experience with sleep paralysis within that year. Mine happened at the Basin Park Hotel in Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which is often thought of as the other haunted hotel. Did we talk about this? I think I talked about this. I think it sounds extremely familiar. Toy was a black void with red eyes and a horrible booming voice. I was frozen in bed, and even though I stayed in my grandma's room, I felt millions of miles away from anyone as it enveloped the bed and expanded into the room. It felt like it took everything I had to keep it out of my mind and possibly body. When it threatened my grandma, I screamed, no, I was absolutely not going to let it near her. And just as I did, apparently out loud, there was a massive boom of thunder that sent my grandma over to check on me. I told her everything and she was very understanding and told me I didn't have to worry because she would take care of herself. I told my friends and that's when I found out it wasn't just me, that they all had been experiencing sleep paralysis and had been seeing toy as well. Years later, and a lot of experience with the paranormal under my belt, my best friend and her fiance came over to my apartment and decided we wanted to use the board they brought. I take every precaution from casting a circle to having sage in the circle in case whatever comes through doesn't want to go back. And her fiance refused to get in the circle, but wanted to see the board in action. So my friend and I hopped on the board, but he doesn't believe what's happening is real and starts to mock it. He must have made something angry because the worst smelling gust of wind came from the solid wall and right at him. He then proceeded to have the worst couple of years. He got fired from his job as a police officer and he lived with his parents for ages until he got another job, but then lost that one two years later because they found someone else to fill his place. My bestie and I were fine because we didn't mock it and we stayed in the circle. He stepped into it for only a second to call it a name and that's when actual hell broke loose in his life. Sorry for the novel, but I thought it was worth mentioning that you can protect yourself, but if you mock the game or the spirits in it, be prepared. I honestly think that whatever we were talking to got back up when he broke this circle and everything rushed him. Stay safe and when in doubt, wear hematite and or iron for protection. Love the show, Meredith. Jeez, um, I... My God, this is, there's a lot, there's a lot happening here. Yeah. I'm very curious about the spirit that identified itself as a toy. Also, toy could, toy is also a name. It might be, I think it might be a Vietnamese name because I had a friend in middle school named Toy. Oh, it's very possible. So maybe the spirit's name was just Toy. It is just, it's such an interesting coincidence that they're playing with the Ouija board, which we always say is not a toy, but it's advertised as such. Mm -hmm. And when they even asked if it was a toy, it was like, no, but his name was toy. It's a form. It's a medium for communication. Yeah. It's not a toy. Not for ages four and up or whatever crazy thing it says on the, yeah. On the front. I think it's like six and up, something crazy. Yeah. Something it should be age a hundred and up. Mm -hmm. You must have all the knowledge of the world before you can. (laughs) communicate only ghosts can play with Ouija only ghosts can but yeah no that's i mean it's really sad that toy had predicted what had happened to mm-hmm. her friend's dad but then i think it goes to show that like that was a real encounter and that spirit did know what was happening and 
And some things maybe are a little bit more mapped out in people's lives. Like I'm sure you have right. control over the direction, but sometimes there are things that, that might come to fruition that you will find through spirits. Mm-hmm. You can't always change. And it makes me wonder too, if spirits are able to have that sort of control over like warning someone so something doesn't happen, or if there are things that are just like, no matter what goes on in life, this one particular thing will happen and no spirit intervention can stop it. Like death is always death. Yeah. Ooh, that's scary. Like it's all pre like, that your death's predetermined. Like final destination. Oh gosh, I hate that movie. <laughs> Love it, but it's so scary. It's so scary. I can't stop thinking about it ever. But um yeah, the only thing is that it toy just based on like the sleep paralysis and like the negative energy that started happening and like that that entity like enveloping her room and like the, the way that she described how it looked just makes me think it wasn't a, a spirit of a human who was named Toy. It's a spirit of like something demonic and dark who gave itself this name. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Oh my gosh. So creepy. Because even after they told her friend about her father's uh, eventual death, it started getting really creepy and saying strange things. And it said it will see them soon. And then, yeah. it, you know, kind of came out of the board and then started giving them all sleep paralysis right. and showing up in their daily lives. Yeah. She said toy was a black void with red eyes and a horrible booming voice. It's terrifying. So don't step out of your protective circle. Never mm -hmm. break the circle and always say goodbye on the Ouija board. Or if you're us, just don't, don't, don't play. Don't just do it. Don't get yourself in that situation if you can help it. But honestly, I think, you know, like we can say it a thousand times over, but isn't there always going to be part of someone who... Either you're tempted because you don't know enough stories or you don't believe in them. You're just like tempted to try because you're like, oh, this can't be, this can't be right. Like this can't be true. Yes. But I feel like, I don't know, these stories are enough. But if you do try, as we always say, email us. Please let us know what is happening. And we will continue to, as we read through your email, say, you're not supposed to use Ouija board. <laughs> but thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Before Shopify, were you wondering, where are my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Alrighty, you know I had to find one about a Furby because we can't talk about toys without talking about the creepiest toy that ever existed. Ever. Okay, so this is from Mark. 
Hello, Sabrina and Corinne. My name is Mark and I'm currently in college. I discovered your podcast when I started working overnight shifts at a warehouse and would keep myself occupied and spooked with your readings. Hope this story entertains you. Both myself and a close confidant of mine, Abby, wrote this. It all started when I was four to five years old. Since my parents would work a lot, I was often left with a nanny. One day, my mom comes home with a bag and in this bag, it happened to be a Furby. And as a kid who liked fluffy things, it was only normal for me to love it. So from then on, that Furby became my best friend. I would interact with it on a daily basis, carry it around everywhere I went. And if you didn't know, Furbies have a built-in dialogue lines in order to communicate with kids. And so I would often have conversations with it. While they were mostly one-way conversations, whenever the Furby started talking, it would keep me entertained for hours. The Furby would often comment about how it felt at a particular time. While this dialogue was often random, it would mostly talk about its feelings. It would say, I'm happy, or it would say, I'm excited. And I loved this feature so much to the point where I started showing it off to my parents and my friends. Seems normal, right? Well, a couple of weeks of interaction with the Furby, it started saying things that I was very unfamiliar with. Furbies would mostly say positive things, as you would expect from a children's toy. However, the Furby then started to say phrases such as, I'm sad and I'm lonely. This obviously made me question things about the toy, but being a child, I didn't think too much about it and instead thought of ways to console my toy in hopes to make it feel better. As I said earlier, my parents would often be out of the house due to their jobs. However, when my mother's home, the Furby... When my mother was home, the Furby would act as it normally would, expressing its cheerful nature as if nothing was wrong with it. As weeks went on, my mother was back home after a long day of work when she saw me playing with my beloved toy. She approached me, asking me how I was, and with a blank stare, I looked at her and said, Furby is sick. She chuckled, calling me cute for caring for my friend, when almost immediately the Furby retorted, I'm sick. As quickly as the words left out of its inanimate mouth, my mother's gentle face morphed into an uneasy frown, clearly disturbed at what she had just heard. Not wanting to scare herself even further, she chalked up the timing of the toy's response to coincidence and nothing more. My parents who have had encounters with the paranormal are aware when there are things that are out of the ordinary and are quick to judge if something is or isn't paranormal. And so my mom kept an eye on me, more importantly, the Furby. We proceeded to live out the days that went by after that interaction when, yet again, she comes back from another day at work and almost immediately checks on me. There I was, yet again, playing with my beloved friend. She was nearly no longer skeptical about the toy when she heard the Furby speak. Out of the toy's mouth, the words, I'm sick, came out and it sent chills down my mother's spine. For such a cheerful toy to exclaim something eerily as that brought a wave of unease and fear in my mother, and the next day, my mother noticed me still in bed. Weird, for I would usually wake up whenever they did. She pulled the covers off of me, only to see me shivering under, sweat everywhere. She felt my temperature and immediately panicked, asking my father to take me to the hospital. After I visited the hospital, still sick, my mom carried me to bed. She placed a cold towel on my forehead when again she hears my Furby speak, this time saying, I'm very sick. Mind you, I was not a sickly kid, and to suffer a heavy fever after this Furby toy claims its sickness was all too extraordinary to be a chance. And so, scared for my life, my mother quickly ripped the Furby off my side and threw it out. Ever since, I've never suffered such heavy sickness like that time in my childhood. Coincidence? I think not. Hope you enjoyed. I don't believe in luck, so best probability to you guys. (laughs) Continue to do good work, Mark. 
Uh, that's so weird. It is really I, weird. I was like trying to, as you were reading, I was like looking up like what are Furby phrases and what are they programmed to say? And there's no like real list of it. And I do remember my Furby kind of yelling at me being like, I'm sad. But then for it to take that turn, being like, I'm sick. And then Mark got sick. And then it'd be like, I'm very sick. It's just such a like weird, freaky mm-hmm. turn of events. Right. And it's, it's which way, I mean, it could be correlated, you know, but like, which way yeah. does it go? Does it go the way where, you know, the Furby created this sickness and instilled this sickness upon Mark and it was this sort of like temporary plague as he became close to it? Which is what I was thinking. Or on the flip side, was this Furby possessed temporarily by possibly a a loved one, a relative mm. that had knowledge of what was about to come, what sickness was about to inflict Mark and started to take over the Furby and act bizarrely so that... Mark's mother would pay more closer attention to him and catch this illness that probably could have resulted in death or like very serious, maybe brain and physical injury to him. I like that version of it, but I feel like if that were the case, whatever spirit would have been like, he's sick or, you know, more about Mark, but it was saying like, I'm True. sick. True. And then it was, You're right. it was like, uh, I'm going to give it to you. I wanted it to be Ugh. helpful. <laughs> Instead, it's just creepy. It's just creepy. Very creepy. Well, good on Mark's mom for being like, that doesn't seem right. That tone of voice the Furby is using in that phrase seems off. I also, I wonder in terms of programming in the Furby, if there's a specific amount of words that can just be like learned and repeated. Yeah. I can't remember. Because I... I, Like you're you're supposed to have like conversations with them and they like learn and have better dialogue. and Right. Exactly. Because I remember the booklet. There's like the booklet that you have and it says all of the words and like what you can say in Furby language and what it means and stuff so that you can teach them essentially your own language. But I I do remember my Furby. I I have a pretty strong memory of my Furby surpassing the language in the booklet. That's really scary. (laughs) I don't. They're like really horrific. Toys. They really are. Oh my god, Furbies are so <laughs> creepy. My next story actually has a Furby in it as well. Oh my gosh, okay, great. This is a long one, so buckle up. Uh, this is from Samantha. Hey ladies, love your podcast, blah, blah, blah. Everyone always says that. Don't get me wrong. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't bother writing to you or binging your network all day the last two weeks. And I just started listening to episode 40, so I'm just over halfway to being caught up. Anyways, I'll start with the funny moments so I don't forget. I posted to the Facebook page asking for scary movie recommendations earlier this week, and I thought I would ask the guys at work what their favorites are. It's not yet 6 a.m. in the morning, and I work in construction, so the best of us don't hear like we used to. I paused your guys' show to ask the dudes in the break room what their favorite movies are to watch for Halloween, and my boss gives me the most stunned look and asks me, I'm sorry, Sam, but what did you just say? I asked again, and he started laughing. He thought I asked him and all the guys what their favorite porn movie was. Sorry, boss. That's an afternoon question. LOL. (laughs) I guess it was just one of those days, though, because a few hours later, I was still listening to the show and you guys made me literally laugh out loud as usual. I was on episode 28, Stars, They're Just Like Us. That's the episode we re-recorded like 10 times. Oh, God. And my coworker was having some listening envy, I think, and wanted to know what I was listening to. So I told him, this great podcast called Two Girls, One Ghost. It's not what it sounds like. And he asked me what it was, so I briefly explained and then told him a little bit about what I'd heard from the episode so far regarding the sexual handsy ghosts, but I was a little baffled as to why he was giving me weirder and weirder looks as I was talking about it. Finally, I stopped because I know he's waiting to say something, and he goes, no way. 
but goats? I was comically mortified and had to yell ghosts, enunciating the S, and we both had a good laugh. (laughs) What a day. Makes me wonder what they think of me if they thought I just asked them about their favorite porn and openly discussed being amused by bestiality, but whatever, I guess. (laughs) Now to the scary stuff. My first memory was watching the bars of my crib turn to snakes as I fell through the bottom and into the embrace of a very dark and cold creature. Obviously, this couldn't have happened in real life, right? My dad bought his first house when I was in first grade. It was a small, in a nice neighborhood with a decent sized back and front yard. It needed some work, but my dad was up to the task. And before the long renovations were done, our house was beautiful, but not when the lights went out. Now my dad denies that paranormal things exist, which was really hard to grasp back then because the evidence was just so huge. Could he really have had no idea? Or maybe the thing was just targeting me, but I digress. It started with the Furby. I know those things are notoriously creepy and have had famous issues with coming on for no reason, but it would talk distortedly asking me to play until I would wake up and tell it no. It was time for sleep. Batteries or not, it would just keep asking to play with me. And my dad was all too happy to throw it out at my request, but it was not the end. The very next night after my dad had thrown it out, I was awoken to a weird muffled voice coming from my closet. The problem was I didn't have any more toys that talked that were working. I dug around in the bin of my stuffed animals and pulled out the source, a plastic parrot that has literally never worked since I had it. And it had no batteries in it. And it was only ever supposed to say, Polly want a cracker and quack. But it was in a deep gravelly voice asking me to play with it. Even in first grade, I was like, fuck that. And threw the thing in the trash on my way to my dad's room where I slept for the rest of the week. But I guess I liked to throw knees in my sleep. So my dad put me back in my own bed before long. He thought I was having nightmares or that I had an overactive imagination. But to help me feel better, he hung up one of those window lights in the shape of an angel off a suction cup hook as a nightlight. For I don't even know how long, I had a huge stuffed tiger that sat at the foot of my bed when I slept, and I always felt like it protected me. Boy, was I wrong. As you could imagine, I started having a hard time falling asleep because I was scared. Sometimes I would sleep fitfully, but without incidents. But some nights I would suddenly feel weight at the foot of my bed, and when I'd peek to see what was there, it would be my tiger but it wasn't stuffed anymore. It was real and it had red eyes and I could see its chest move with breath and watch its lip curl at me when I made eye contact with it. I was too scared to move or cry. And just when I thought I was going to burst with fear and scream, it would pounce and attack. And in the commotion, my dad would burst in, but my tiger was back to being stuffed and light, but it was still on top of me and I would have scratches. Again, my dad didn't believe in the paranormal, and so he thought I was just having night terrors, wrestling my toys, and hurting myself in the process. Whatever, dad. That shit was terrifying. Eventually, I convinced my dad to get rid of the tiger, too, and I would keep all of my toys in the closet from then on with the door firmly shut, because I was not taking any chances. By this time, we had been in that house for about four years, and my dad met a woman with a daughter my age, and they moved into the house with us. I was then in fifth grade and I still had that angel window, but no more tiger. One cold night, I wake up to a weird scratching sound and I'm telling myself it's nothing, but okay, it's something, but it's probably just the Japanese maple tree that's outside my window and it's windy outside. So it's scratching against the window and I do my best to shut out the sound and go to bed, but it's just too rhythmic to be the wind. 
and I go to look out the window, feeling like I'm about to piss myself, and while I'm turning my head, I see, oh shit, it's the angel in the window. This goddamn nightlight is swinging like a pendulum against the glass, for no reason. There's no draft, no vent, my door is shut, the window is shut, and the more I start to panic, the faster and harder it swings, until it swings one and a half circles, stopping for a second just awkwardly to the side, swinging away from me before it shoots out away from the window and is yanked under my bed to the darkest corner. I noped out of there so damn fast and slept in my stepsister's room for the rest of the night. The next morning, I got up and go to my room, hoping it was some weird messed up dream, but no such luck. My nightlight is unplugged and in knots in the far corner under my bed, and I was terrified. I think my dad thought I was trying to get attention for something because even if he didn't have a logical explanation for it, it was just ghosts and monsters don't exist. Like, okay, dad. I remember thinking to myself that I needed witnesses and eventually I got my wish. My sister and I were now lazy seventh graders and liked to sleep in on Saturdays. So our parents would go to the gym for an hour or two and leave us at home to sleep. They'd always set our house alarm and would always leave a note or wake one of us up just to let us know they were going. On one such morning, we were woken up to the sound of our alarm system layering that it had been tripped. It was a shocking way to wake up, and I fumbled the code and set it off to the second alarm, getting us a call from the alarm company. I answered and gave the password and apologized and let them know that we were okay and that I had just sleepily hit the wrong button in the beginning. She goes on to say that the alarm system was tripped because one of our doors or windows had been triggered, and she asked if I could do a walkthrough to make sure before she hung up. I said I would. And I grabbed the baseball bat we kept by the door for emergencies, just in case. And my sister was a bigger coward than me and said she wouldn't come out of her room until I was done. LOL. (laughs) But because I was also scared, the operator tried to contact my parents. And when they didn't answer, they contacted the police because we were minors. I was just finishing the walkthrough when my parents and the police showed up at the same time. But as far as I could tell, everything was locked tight. The police decided to check for themselves since they were there. And me and my dad stood in the front entrance while my stepmom went to go check on my stepsister. When you're standing in the front door, there's a hall to the left taking you to the bathroom, my room, the laundry room, which connected to the garage, my sister's room, and the master bedroom. To the right is the family room, which connects to the kitchen. So you can almost see everything from the front door. The three policemen were walking back up the hall, saying everything down there was clear when we heard a weird thump come from the living room. We all turned to look and saw an old wooden model car that was sitting on top of the entertainment center And it flew across and off the top of the shelf and into the kitchen. The cops walked out so fast. They said they couldn't find a sign of an intruder or forced entry. And so their job was done and they got the hell out of there. Besides the cops, my dad and I were the only ones who saw it. And my dad still doesn't believe in the paranormal. Thank God we moved for unrelated reasons. And for a couple of years, things were okay in our new house. It was kind of creepy in its own way, but nothing like I had experienced before. Since then, I've had a couple of very disturbing, weird phone calls from an unknown number saying they're watching me and describing what I'm wearing and where I am in a weird, almost robotic voice. I could change my number and I would still get the phone calls. I started getting increasingly paranoid and no longer bothered talking to my dad about it because he just decided to bury his head in the sand when it came to that stuff. Two pets mysteriously died in the middle of the night. Bats would flock to our house, just all around creepy stuff. And I started to get extremely depressed and I was dealing with some other trauma outside of the hauntings and half-heartedly attempted suicide a handful of times. I got a shitty boyfriend, got pregnant, moved in with him because my dad wasn't having it. And although my life wasn't much better, I wasn't being spiritually haunted anymore. 
And then in a freak accident, I went into labor a few weeks early and lost my child in the process. I was dead for nearly two minutes at one point due to severe internal bleeding, and my body had lost the ability to clot my blood in the shock of everything. And so I was bleeding out. They were able to give me a massive blood transfusion through the main arteries in my neck and thigh and resuscitate me. But my son was already gone. I was wheelchair bound for a month in a third floor apartment with no elevator and no visitors because my boyfriend was paranoid and abusive and controlling. In my grief, I tried to take my life again and wound up being taken into psychiatric care for a few weeks and was released under the condition that I move out of my boyfriend's house, ending the relationship, move back in with my father and start going to therapy twice a week. I was 18 years old and so completely full of grief and sorrow and just worthlessness that it took me a couple of weeks to actually move out. When I finally did, I had one of my friends at the time sleep over with me at my dad's because I just really needed to unload everything I had been going through. We decided to post up on the futon in the living room because my new room was full of boxes and a complete mess. And eventually we were talked out and we curled up to watch a movie together. And at some point I sit up because I'm thirsty and I ask if she wants anything from the fridge. And out of the corner of my eye, I see that she's actually standing to the side of the futon, not laying behind me like I thought, but she's not saying anything. I assume she's just zoned out on the movie and didn't hear me. So I turned to look directly at her and she turns her head to look at me. And then I notice that with my head turned out of the corner of my eye, I see what was behind me previously and that it is my friend still asleep behind me (gasps) and that the person standing next to me is not her. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then just like that, she vanishes. She was wearing a baggy hoodie and baggy jeans. The hood was up and she had her hands in her pockets. She didn't feel threatening and she didn't look really scary other than that, that blank look on her face. Oh, I have chills. This is so, <laughs> so freaky. But I never saw her again though. But I would often hear the bells on our front door jingle in the middle of the night and hear footsteps in the bathroom. As of now, I'm 27. I have an almost three-year-old son now. Me and his dad are living together and we have his daughter from a previous relationship who is now eight on the weekends. Since I got pregnant with my son, the hauntings have ebbed and flowed. And when I was five months pregnant, I stopped working because my job is dangerous. And it's just not the best thing for a pregnant lady to do when her belly is in the way of everything. We had a three-level condo. The first floor was the office space and entrance. Second floor had a kitchen, half bath and living room. And the third floor was two bedrooms that each had their own bathroom. I spent quite a few afternoons napping on the couch. And most afternoons, I would wake up to the sound of the front door opening and hear someone walking up the stairs and through the kitchen. I would call out hello and look only to hear there was no voice and I would see no body, but I would continue hearing footsteps go past me and up to the bedrooms. I would actually feel the rush of air as it passed me. And at this point, I'd just say, fuck it. Maybe out of fear, maybe just out of being fed up because I'd been through so much at that point and I'd try to go back to sleep. Sometimes before drifting back to sleep, I'd hear it walk down the stairs again, feel the air move as it walked past the couch, hear the steps through the kitchen, down the other stairs and out the front door again. The middle of the night was full of drawers and cabinets opening and closing loudly, the fridge doing the same, occasionally knocking all the things over in the door of the fridge and just being all around annoying. I'd hung protective wards around the home and on the backs of picture frames. I'd saged, I'd prayed, but it just wouldn't go away. Eventually, I'd just ignore it and every once in a while, I would tell it to go away and it would just get louder and more aggressive. I'd wake up to being shaked by unseen hands. I'd fallen down the stairs with my newborn son in my arms twice pitching myself back enough in time for me to take all the force cradling my son to my chest to protect him. When our lease was up, we moved into our current home and my son has always refused to sleep in his room. He is absolutely terrified to be alone in there at night and he sleeps on my feet every night. 
I still get woken up to being pinched, hit, and sometimes hear things whisper in my ear. Every time I walk down the hall to our bedroom at night, I can see someone walking just behind me. I can feel the density of the air and the faint breath on my neck. I've sanged countless times. I've done banishing spells, burning Vesta powder and Palo Santo. I've done egg cleansings. And every time I think it's gone for good, it starts small and then gets more and more aggressive. At one point, I went and saw a psychic and she told me that I I was cursed and I was being haunted. She also told me other things that she absolutely couldn't have known and I was inclined to believe she might actually be the real deal. She offered to have me come back later on in that week to do a cleansing free of charge and to show me a few ways to protect myself and I gratefully agreed. But a few days later when I came back to her house and shop, she was gone. In just a few days, she had packed up and left suddenly, abandoning her home and business. I tried to find out what happened to her and track her down, but no one knew or cared, and I was just left feeling even more confused. I wish I'd bothered to get her full name or personal phone number because someone else picked up the business and moved into the house, but I never saw her or heard from her again. And that's all I have for you guys. A big cliffhanger and no answers. Just occasionally really off-putting scares and real no end in sight. But because I have a feeling that was a lot for you, I have one more ghostly encounter, but it's nice and short. When I was in third grade, my godmother died, and I won't go into the details, but it was really tragic. I wasn't allowed to go to the funeral, so I stayed the night at my friend's house up the road. We sat downstairs all night watching movies, and at some point, I just got too upset and started sobbing to my friend about my godmom, Cheryl, and how much I missed her, didn't want to never see her again, and how it wasn't fair. I buried my face in my hands as I sobbed, and I felt a big, warm hug and a kiss on the head. And I heard Cheryl, my godmother say, oh honey, you're going to be okay. My friend heard a whisper, but was too far away from me to have been the one to hug me and give me a kiss. I think Cheryl came to me and said said a final goodbye because I wasn't at her funeral. And I'm so grateful for that memory and that moment with her. Anyway, that was a lot to unload at you guys at once. Either way, keep rocking on your show. Despite my haunted life, I still really enjoy hearing the haunted stories and listening to your podcast. You girls are the greatest. Happy Hollows Eve. I'll see you on the other side with love, Samantha. Dang, that was a long one. And there's so much happening. And unfortunately, aside from the very last one with their godmother, it sounds pretty scary. Scary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My God. I'm just, I am so freaked out by the experience she had where her friend was sleeping behind her on the couch. And then she sees who looks like her friend. Just standing there in a trance, like standing there long enough that she was able to speak to her, like first, you know, wake up, identify her, speak to her, realize that she's not responding, kind of like get a weird look Mm -hmm. at her, shift her body, recognize her actual friends behind her, and then turn back to essentially like speak again. That's a lot of time that can pass in that moment. And I feel like so many paranormal experiences seem to be more fleeting. And for this one to be so, like full body apparition in front of her for that amount of time. And for it to start when she was a child, Mm -hmm. you know, with her toys acting up, like I want to play. It almost feels like there's a spirit that's like growing up with her Mm -hmm. and is haunting her. Like, cause the way that she appeared when her friend was sleeping on the couch is almost her age. You know, it felt like, Oh, Oh, and then when she finally goes to get help, the woman just disappears up and leaves yeah. and no one knows where she went. I My leg hair is growing at an exponential <laughs> rate right now because this is so freaky. I have so many goosebumps. Oh, Samantha, I want you to try again, like try to find another 
psychic. I mean, it sounds like you were so close to trying to get a reprieve and some assistance and they disappeared. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That could so be a movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of this, and, and I'm so sorry for your, for your miscarriage and your loss. Mm-hmm. Like that's, but I'm glad you're okay. I mean, how terrifying. I know. No, it's awful. It makes me want, I am glad that she's going through the process of like doing different cleansings and that seems to work yeah. at least temporarily, which is, which is good enough, you know, better than, yeah. than nothing happening at all. But I do, I do want her to seek out more resources, you know? Yeah. Or maybe listeners who are listening have some advice mm-hmm. because. Yeah. Anything. <sighs> yeah. This is many, many years of hauntings. Hauntings. Your whole life. Progressively worse, it seems. And it sounds like her son is also very open to it and doesn't like his bedroom. And I know. It sounds like he might be, oh, he might experience very yeah. similar things. But the nice thing is that, Samantha, you believe in the paranormal, so you'll be able to support your son. And unfortunately, your dad just wrote it off and, and didn't really mm-hmm. believe in it, which makes it hard. Yeah. But now, now that you know that you have the ability and your son has the ability to tap into the spiritual world and experience these things. You got to find out ways to protect yourself and have a bit of control over it so that it's not overly one-sided. What's next? Alrighty. This is the last one I have for us. This is from, I believe it's pronounced Lucia. 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 Lucia? Uh, I would say Lucia. Yeah. Lucia. All right. Hi, Sabrina and Corinne. I love your podcast so much. I found it last week and I've been binged most of the episodes. Corinne, my best friend's name is Corinne. So that's awesome. Okay. Onward to the story. So I went to the Florida Keys last Christmas with my parents because, I mean, why not go on a nice vacation with your parents? In my opinion, I deserved a nice vacation. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've always had a big interest in the paranormal, so I decided to go on a ghost tour while I was down there because it had so much history. So I found a pamphlet and I got online to buy tickets for me and my parents. A little background info. I hate dolls. They scare (laughs) the absolute shit out of me. Anyway, I just happened to look on the back of a pamphlet and you'll never guess who I fucking saw on the back. Yep, the notorious Robert the Doll. But I mean, I bought the ticket so I wasn't going to waste my money. So (laughs) I went. I went on the tour and it was cool and historic. But when we got to the place where Robert the Doll was, the air got cold. Mm -mm. I had goosebumps all over my arms and legs. Our tour guide said, please be polite and say hello, goodbye, thank you, and always ask before you take a picture of Robert. If you do not, you will make him mad, and he is known for giving people bad luck if you disrespect him. Oh, gosh. So we walked inside. The place was cold, and it had a huge display with the spotlight on him, Robert, while all of the other walls were mainly apologies, <laughs> apology letters from people who disrespected Robert. Even George W. Bush wrote a letter to Robert. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, my dad, being the smartass he was, got out his phone, took a bunch of pictures of Robert without asking. Bad idea. And taunted Robert a little. We thanked Robert and left. And I had this cold feeling like someone was watching me for the rest of the trip. Oh, my gosh. A week after we got home, my dad called me and told me that the pictures he had taken of Robert were all erased from his phone. And he had this feeling... This tug on his feet during the night, almost as if a little small hand was grabbing onto him and pulling him towards the end of the bed. (gasps) Also, he said he was hearing laughing and he would wake up in the middle of the night to that laughter. Later, he got fired from his job and my mom and him got sadly divorced. My dad sent Robert a apology and the bad luck subsided. 
That was my story. Thank you for reading. So sorry it took so long. And if you have any questions, let me know. Yes, it's a dog Robert is holding. PPS, do not go to the Island of Dolls. It's scary as fuck. Thank you, Robert. And then she attached a photo of Robert the doll. I hope it's not a photo that her dad took. It can't be. He erased all of his. That's true. It it was erased. Hello, Robert. Thank you for sharing your photo through this email of you to us. We respect you. We respect you. We appreciate it. And your dog is adorable. Your dog is very cute. So is your outfit. Don't haunt us. Thank you. All right. I'm going to click on out of this email now so that I don't have to stay in of Robert. It is just astounding how many experiences people have had with Robert the doll Mm -hmm. and how they're all so similar. They're all the same thing. And yeah, it's one of those things that it's like, it feels foolproof. Like at this point, yes, some people are going to be tempted to taunt the doll, to not believe in this curse, to not believe in Robert's abilities. And then time and time again, anyone who does that, anyone who doesn't follow the rules, they have to write an apology letter to Robert and bad things happen to them. Yeah. Oh, you just, just, you just need to play it cool. Yeah. Don't bother Robert. You can no. say hi to him. Say thank you for letting me see you, even though I paid. I know. You know, it's funny because I think previously when we talked about Robert, I thought of him as like this really scary, possessed doll. And mm-hmm. then some for some reason, the way that Lucia wrote about Robert, it just made me think that there's like this old cranky man that just happened to find his way into a doll and is now being put on display everywhere. And he's like, all right, well, if everyone's, if I can't control me being here, then at least you're going to play by my rules. <laughs> I, <laughs> That's how I picture him. really like that version of him. Yeah, he just found himself in a doll, doesn't know how to get out. Except for he does follow people home. So That's right. He does tickle feet, brings a bad ton luck. of bad luck. He can't control his energy, okay? No, and we respect you, Robert. We really we do. also fear you, and so we will never be rude. Never, never, never. Okay, I have one last one about another doll. It's called My Buddy Doll Incident, and it's from our listener, Rebecca. In the winter of 1985, I was pregnant with my fourth child, who was due December 21st. On TV, they had been advertising a doll called My Buddy. This was a doll that they had made for boys to play with, as there was another one called Kid Sister for the girls. Well, my other two boys wanted the My Buddy doll for Christmas and asked Santa for them. Thinking this would be a good idea for them with the new baby coming, Santa got my sons, Jared, five years old, and Zach, three years old, each a My Buddy for Christmas. When Christmas came, they were thrilled to have the doll that they had wanted. Their new baby brother arrived January 1st, 1986. And in February 1986, I was putting the boys to bed and giving them what they wanted to sleep with them. The boys were in their bunk beds, and as I started to hand them their My Buddy doll, Jared had a look of terror on his face and held his hand up and started shaking his head, no, 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 to stop me from giving him the doll. I asked him if he wanted the doll to sleep with, and he replied, no, at night it transforms into a monster and tries to kill us. Oh my God. I tried to hand Zach his doll too, and he too shook his head no. I thought I would see what their reaction would be when I told them if they didn't want the dolls, I would give them away, and both boys did not care. This was very unusual since they both had so wanted the dolls for Christmas and now had this reaction. I was not sure what to think. I knew that there had never been anything on TV that boys had seen showing them any item transform into a monster and would try to kill people, but I put the dolls in the closet anyway. And after I put the dolls up, the boys never had any other problems with them. 
but the dolls remained in the closet until around 1989. At this time, my friend Hope called me and told me I had to watch a movie that was on called Child's Play. She would not tell me anything of the movie, but said I needed to watch it. So when the movie was being shown, I turned it on and me and the kids sat down to watch it. Yes, although my kids were young, we could watch scary movies together. And if they had any questions, I would answer them honestly. And they never got nightmares from the movies. Well, the movie came on and we watched when and we watched. And when they showed the Chucky doll, Jared got up, went into his bedroom to the closet and came back into the living room with the my buddy doll going, it's Chucky, it's Chucky. I was floored as the boys had not played with those dolls since they had been put up in the closet in 1986. Their experience happened two years before the movie Child's Play had ever been released in theaters in November of 1988. After we watched the movie, I called my friend Hope to tell her what Jared had done with the doll and how much the two looked alike. Hope said she had a bad feeling about those dolls when she saw them in the store, but never said anything to me because she knew the boys wanted them so much. Yes, I still have the dolls, but they're packed away. And the incident happened when we lived in Ohio and we're now in California, Rebecca. And she posted a picture of Chucky and my buddy and they look so similar. They really do. Oh my gosh. That's super creepy. Oh, sorry. She ends the email. Enjoy life. You never know when the next breath you may take will be your last. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Rebecca. (laughs) I love it. Just a reminder. You might die. Right now, today, tomorrow, Uh, your next breath, or in 90 years. Or from a doll. My God, someone just parked right below and is playing loud music outside of my apartment. I wonder if the inspiration for Chucky had anything to do with the My Buddy doll, because they look so similar. Yeah, and you know what this reminds me of, too? The fact that her friend had bad vibes from seeing the My Buddy doll in Mm -hmm. the store. It kind of reminds me of Spy Kids, where... Like the all of the characters in Spy Kids are actually like being held captive and like la 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 like oh, trying Mr. to Floops. get yes, and it just makes me think that there was some like evil factor, evil mind, or, or other force at work here, mass producing these dolls <laughs> to get these creepy ass dolls in the homes of children. Ugh, like the fact that it transformed into a monster and tried to kill them at night. Yeah, these poor kids were terrified. Ugh. and I am curious if it was because. In the story, it sounds like both of her sons got a My Buddy doll. So I'm curious mm-hmm. if it was just one of them that was doing it or both of them, both oh, dolls were both transforming. Both dolls are even worse because then yeah. it's like you, you can't just keep your eyes on one doll. You know, it's like both of them could run around. They could hike each, help hike each other up onto the bed. Like one onto of them the pulls the other one up to like try to come get you. Oh, oh. gosh. Nope. Disturbing. Nope, 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 nope. 1,000% no. disturbed. Dolls are horrifying and we've just, just Yeah. They're we believe that. We firmly back that. Yes, but Robert, we respect you. Robert. <laughs> Robert and all other dolls. Oh, and then to the dolls from our the first listener email that we read. Thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate your support. We enjoy that you enjoy the podcast enough to play them when your roommate uh, is not around. Yeah, we appreciate you listening. So yeah, grateful. Thank you, Tempest and Ethy. Hello. Um, if you guys have stories about haunted dolls or just anything ghostly related, please email them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We want all of them. We do. We would love to hear about them because they're so dang creepy and we should do a whole nother episode sometime soon about just this topic. Cause it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Also, you can support us by doing what others did. Join the pyramid scheme, tell everybody about it. And then also rate and review on iTunes. It's hugely helpful. 
Yeah. Join our pyramid scheme. And we have social media. You can join our Facebook group. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And um, we have Patreon too. So real quick, we have thank yous to say. Thank you to Brooke and Eric Foster at Empire Digital for editing our podcast. And we will see you on the other side. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.